I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. The presenting sponsor of today's podcast is Fifth Element CBD. Fifth Element is ultra-high milligram CBD focused on relief and recovery after a workout. They are specially designed for people with an active lifestyle from weekend warriors to professional athletes to bucket list gym enthusiasts. Fifth Element, a.k.a. 5E, is full-spectrum high milligram hemp to help you whenever, wherever you need it, whether it's after the gym or after work. Get yours today to feel better tomorrow by visiting 5ehemp.com and use the promo code MONSTER for 50% off. Yes, you heard that right. 50% off. Half off. That's 5ehemp.com and use the code MONSTER. Go to 5ehemp and get 50% off. That's the number 5, the letter E, hemp.com. podcast as always it is me your host matt collins and i am joined once again as i am every week by brian joiner as we uh discuss the red hot red sox who have won seven in a row brian uh what is what is going on it's an unbelievable reversal from the last time we talked yeah so the last time we talked they had won one game they were in the process of winning their second, I believe. Um, and they have not lost since. Um, so that is 
that is all good, and we will spend the bulk of this show talking about that good stuff, but um, there is some unavoidable stuff that we do have to talk about at the top. Um, I'm sure everybody listening to this knows by now that uh, the game on Monday that was supposed to start this four-game series against the Twins was canceled. Um, it was canceled after yet another uh, police killing of an unarmed black man, um, Dante Wright, outside of Minneapolis, um, right during the Derek Chauvin trial uh, for the murder of George Floyd. Um, it just... I, there's really not much to say that hasn't already been said. Um, this stuff just keeps happening, and the people in power seemingly have no interest in doing anything to change it. Um, but uh, the Red Sox and Twins did not play on Monday. Um, this team statement from the Twins said it was out of respect of the Wright family. Uh, that was definitely part of it. Um, the owner, um, or team president for the Twins, also mentioned some safety concerns, so there was a little doublespeak there as well. But they did not play... Um, they were joined by the Timberwolves, who I believe are also not playing tonight on Tuesday um, in the Wild. I don't really know what's going on with the Wild, but um, yeah, I mean, it sucks. It really puts things into perspective. Not that we should need that at this point since this happens like every other day, but um, I did just want to point out what Brian wrote um, before Tuesday's game, uh, just briefly talking about Alex Cora, and I mean... Uh, Cora, it wasn't really over the top, but I mean, he at least mentioned the Wright family and, um, talked about it a little bit. And that's not really something we see a lot from baseball people. So Brian rightfully pointed out that it's nice. And, um, I mean, he mentioned that there are things that you can not Cora for that Brian does not. I do. Um, I mean, I've been pretty, um, vocal about my displeasure with his stuff in the Astros, but I mean, this Alex Cora has always been or seemed like a very good dude. Um, so it's at least nice to see you've acknowledged that. Um, I don't know if you had anything to add. I did, uh, I did appreciate that you mentioned that in today's lineup. So, well, I, I think that with Cora, I, I have never, um, to say I've never cared about his role. The Astro scandal is not true, but I have barely cared. And, um, it is not for lack of seeing your side of it or saying that you are wrong because I do not think, I think these ideas can sort of coexist. Um, I, I don't, I totally see your side of it, but even more so now the players have just kept playing and he did, he was suspended a full year and, None of what we were talking about, what you were talking about previously, has to do with this. Uh, what has to do with this is that it is for situations not necessarily like this. He's a very good baseball manager on a day-to-day -day basis. Very good. But he also, it's not what he said. I mean, what he said is very boilerplate. But I just, he can be the face of the organization better than the people who have been running the team have been in his absence. And that is especially important on days like yesterday. And uh, I'm confident that the team won't make fools of itself because of him. That's basically what I said. 
Yeah, I mean, I think, I think that's fair, and um, yeah, we don't have to relitigate the whole core thing. But I will say that now that he is here, um, all objections to the hiring aside, um, I don't think that there's any question that he's the right guy for the job in a vacuum. And that, like you said, he is. Uh, I mean, definitely among all the people in powerful positions in the organization, he is easily the guy that you want um, front and center. But um, yeah, like I said, it just, it felt like we needed to say something about Monday. Um, We don't need to spend too much time on it because frankly, Brian and I are two white guys and um, I don't really know that we have a ton to add to the conversation. um, As of recently, as of recently, we're both old white guys. That is true. Um, that is true. I'm upset that you just threw that out there, but it is, it is true. I'm still significantly. I had to blow up your spot. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're also vaccinated, and I am not, so you get you get that going for you. Yeah, but it's J and J, so you know who knows. Yeah, that's true. Well, you already made it past it, so. All right, so let's. Uh, it's no real smooth way to transition out of that, so I'm just going to go right plow right through it. Uh, I think talking about where the Red Sox are right now and where they are right now is seven. I think you should speak. I think you, I think you who actually saw today's game should talk about it at least because I'm sorry, yesterday's game for when you're listening to this, because it was the seventh win in a row and I didn't. So I'd like to hear you talk about it. All right. I I mean, I can give you, I can give you a very brief rundown. Um, The Red Sox did win again. Um, It was snowing. It was the coldest game on first pitch that the Red Sox have played since 1979. Um, It kind of showed with the pitchers. Nobody could really grip the ball. Uh, But also nobody could really hit the ball because it was so cold, so it wasn't going anywhere when you made contact. Uh, So anyways, the Red Sox fell behind 2-0 very early. Martin Perez worked out of a very bad first inning with only two runs allowed. Um, Settled down from there. Hunter Renfro hit a home run in the fifth. Bobby Talbeck drove in the tying run right after that. Um, And then I don't remember what inning. Maybe the seventh or eighth. uh, Talbeck drove in another one. Uh, Devers hit an absolutely bananas home run uh, to make it 4-2. And then uh, Matty Barnes, who we're going to talk about in a little bit, uh, was lights out yet again. Um, So it was... Very interesting game because of the weather, but uh, the snow stopped about the fifth or sixth inning and uh, turned a little bit more normal after that. But I would say, aside from the Red Sox winning another game, the highlight was definitely that it was snowing pretty hard and it was like 30, I don't remember the exact temperature, like 35 degrees or something crazy like that. I I did listen to a few innings and uh, Will Fleming... And I, like, I listen to the games a lot, so I'm going to talk about the radio announcers quite a bit. Um, That's okay. <laughs> was, no, I'm just um, was saying that uh, he's like, you got the best closer in baseball and you never need to use because he only had one save before today. Um, I believe today was his first save, actually. Oh, OK. Maybe he said he had, no, he had no saves um, and that he was the best closer in baseball. And I was just. That's I loved, absolutely right. I loved hearing it. <laughs> Uh, so it sounds like Will Fleming might be the only person higher on that Barnes than me. Um, but yeah, it was a very good game. Um, but one player who didn't really do anything in this game uh, is the guy we're going to talk about first, and that is J.D. Martinez. J.D. Martinez is just, 
out of this world right now. Um, just one player of the week, which is typically not an award I think anybody cares about. I don't really know if they even get anything for that. Um, somebody said, I don't remember who, but somebody said they might get a watch. I don't know if that's actually true or not. Um, but I did think it was interesting that J.D. Martinez is only the third active player to win nine players of the week. Uh, I would think more, I would think like Mike Trout has like 25 of them. Um, but uh, Albert Pujols and Justin Verlander are the only other ones with nine. Um, so there's a neat little player of the week fact. Um, I imagine that we will not care about player of the week pretty much for the rest of the year unless the Red Sox keep winning them. Um, but yeah, J.D. Martinez is he's up to five home runs. And so early in the season or before the season, I should say, uh, during spring training, we did some over under with Zips projections. And for J.D. Martinez, we talked about home run total um, and he was projected for 27 home runs. Um, like I said, he is already at five, just a little more than a week into the season. So, way I mean, I'm assuming we're. I think we did. We both take the over on the twenty-seven. I think my inst- I think my instinct was under, and you talked me into over pretty easily. Right. But may, but it's pot. But it's possible I stuck with it and was wrong. <laughs> well, you're not wrong technically yet, but uh, yeah. I think you are zips at now at this point is projecting it for 28 for the rest of the season. Um, so 33 total now. Um, but where, where would I have to put the number for you to definitely take the under at this point? Has the move has the Jesus has the needle moved that much for you? Well, as one of our listeners pointed out, we are not the two most optimistic people in the world. <laughs> so, I mean, I would still tend to, like, I think he will, if he stays healthy, which is not what you're asking. I understand that. Um, But if he stayed healthy, I would easily expect him to clear 40. But I'd say, like, you have to go 36 or so, which I know, I think, I mean, I don't know how it sounds to you. How does it sound to you? No, I think that's about right. I was at like I was thinking like thirty-seven, thirty-eight. Um, I'm looking at some of the projections right now. Uh, Steamer projects him for forty. Um, Zips is thirty-three. Uh, Fangraphs depth charts is thirty-eight. Uh, the bat is forty. So I mean, it seems like the projections are pretty close i mean a couple of them are at 40 they're in like the mid 30s and that's like a mid-level semi-conservative that's also assuming health of course but um yeah i mean i think 40 would i would definitely be under i would start thinking about it probably around 37 38 um just because of the health and age and he's had back problems i think of the of my life um if you sort of separate out categorically types of hitters um, outside of Mookie, who's like his own freakish type of hitter, like nobody hits like him, Um, like the best classic hitters. And they are like the three, I three best. I almost, I can remember in the league uh, all for the Sox are um, man, or I guess two Manny and uh, JD Martinez. Because there's nothing, 
he's so good uh, when he's locked in. It's like I can see the player of the week thing, too, because when he's locked, like that whole season when he was in Phoenix um, was crazy. If he where he hit 45 home runs, like 122 games, he if he stayed healthy in Fenway and hit like this, he's not going to hit like this the whole year. But um, it's just amazing when it's on to watch it because it's like uh, it's like hitting a ping pong ball um, and it just goes. Well, what I think, I mean, I think there's two interesting things here about Martinez. One, I think, is that Fenway kind of plays against his strengths in a weird way. Um, not that it's like, obviously, he can hit at Fenway when he's seen it, but, um, I mean, he had that monster three-home run game at Camden, and, I mean, that's the park for him. Camden, Yankee Stadium, those parks with the short right fields. Uh, Fenway's not really easy to hit out to right field, which is crazy because, like I said, I mean, he's, 2018, he was one of, that was one of the best hitting seasons I've ever seen from anybody um, ever. Um, and the other interesting thing about JD, and it goes, it ties into the concerns from last year and not having the video, um, and it's just something that I can never quite wrap my head around, is that he always talks about how hitting is so unnatural to him, and like his swing is not natural to him, and that's why he looks at the video and um, is just constantly checking his mechanics, and it is just, it doesn't really, it doesn't really compute in my brain that somebody can be this good and say that it's not natural. Cause I mean, I just like, you brought up Manny and that's the guy I think of. And Manny was like the total opposite. Not that Manny didn't work hard. He had a very underrated work ethic and he was in the cage all the time, but Manny was very clearly a natural talent. And it's just the fact that JD Martinez can do things like this and then say, yeah, hitting is just not natural. My mechanics go away all the time. If I'm not constantly working at them, um, it, it just blows my mind. I, I mean, I, I agree. I just think it. Uh, I don't know how genuinely. Like, I'm not saying JD Martinez is a liar, but I think that like he well, also I think people... knows, he also knows he's very good at it, and he's like to be as like to be the absolute best. This I know he says hitting isn't natural for him, but at the some at the same time, I mean, I think there's. I mean, I you're right. I mean, obviously there's natural talent there. There's no doubt. It's like when uh, I remember Mookie Betts and I think it was 2018 near the All Star break. Somebody asked him about the home run derby. He said he's not a home run hitter, and I kind of get those vibes uh, from this Martinez thing. But at the same time, I mean, we have a small sample, but a sample of him not being able to do the things that he says he needs to do. Uh, to keep his mechanics in check, and he was terrible last year. Um, yeah, but again, yes. I don't think that's all video. But I mean, I think that lends some credence to the to the idea, at least. I think that he might just be feeling bad about last year, and everyone feels bad about last year um, because it's. I know it's extremely bad, but it's also extremely isolated in the most fucked of possible circumstances. Yeah, um, for sure. And and short, like ultimately short. It's entirely possible if there was another, um, you know, 100 games, 102 games, that he would have figured it out halfway through the, you know, even if it took another month. Um, and then we'd be like, okay, he just sucked for the first half of 2020. It's fine. Um, 
or maybe he's not fine, but it's over. So I'm not, I mean, I don't think he's going to continue to be this good, but just the fact he's capable of still being this good is reassuring after last year. Yeah. And that, so that, uh, that's a nice little segue into what I wanted to talk about next. Um, over on uh, NBC Sports, Boston, uh, Lou Merloni and John Tomasi were talking about J.D. Martinez's hot start um, and talking about the fact that he can opt out at the end of the season. Um, next year is his last under contract, but he can opt out. Um, he is due to make uh, about $19.3 million. It kind of seemed unlikely to me coming into the year that he was going to opt out, but obviously this scorching start kind of makes me rethink everything a little bit so do you think it's more likely than not that he'll opt out at the end of the season oh that's tough i mean i don't i don't think it's more than 55 45 either way so it's i don't this is not like putting the foot on the scales like definitively in either direction but if I must choose, I have been wrong with him so far on everything. And my instinct is that he wouldn't, so I'll say that he would. So I think my instinct right now is that he will too. Um, but there, I mean, there are two kind of barriers in that. Um, the first of which being next offseason is the end of the CBA and I think everybody is kind of expecting it to be a shit show. Um, and so when you have 19 million penciled in, it might be tempting to just say, I would really rather not stress all winter about not knowing what the economics of the games are going to be like, not knowing when free agents are even going to sign. Um, nobody really knows what next winter is going to look like. So I think that's a point against it. And I also think, um, and I mean, this is another one of those things where you don't know how much, to take him at his word but i do i mean i genuinely think martinez really likes being in boston i think he likes playing for the red sox um i think he likes playing for alex cora um and he's at a point in his career obviously he's been around for a long time um he's made his money not that he shouldn't keep going for big contracts but it's not like he's never gotten a big contract he got it with the red sox so i think between the CBA, so I guess I don't think he's going to opt out. I think between the CBA and liking it in Boston, and probably more emphasis on the CBA, right now I still lean towards him not opting out. Um, I mean, I agree. But it, I think you're close. I, I think you're right when you say it's it's 55-45 at the most in either direction. I think you actually convinced me that I was my instincts are right and that he doesn't. Uh, or as you have written on here that they uh, maybe they potentially try to extend him. Um, that seems to me actually more likely than it coming to a head uh, if he wants to stay, which as you said, and I was thinking this through, like he might be the guy, like there are a lot of guys who have played in Boston and then loved playing in Boston. Like, you know, David Ortiz came to Boston. You know, he was a cast-off, more or less. He became a god. He is the best. But, like, Martinez wanted to play here because it's the Red Sox. Um, 
And like, unlike, say, Kurt Schilling, which he helped us win the title. But I mean, in terms of his, um, he wanted to come to Red Sox to end the drought. J.D. Martinez wanted to come to the Red Sox because it was the Red Sox more than almost any player I can think of um, in my Probably life. more than any player I can think of. Um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, the Red Sox don't have a huge history with free agents. Um, I mean, Manny... It's always been... I was young with Manny, so I guess I don't really know the reason, but my impression was never that it was because it was the Red Sox. I don't think Manny ever thought that way. No, um, it was not. Um, <laughs> it was more about like the like Merloni, like the local guys. That was always the, yeah. the thing. It was, I don't think anyone has been pumped as pumped about playing for the Red Sox just as a as a life dream and who has done it uh, more, more so than J.D., which leads me to believe that he probably will be on the Red Sox for a while. I think so I too. Mean, and I think, yeah. I, I think the extension thing, which is what Merloni and Tomasi were talking about and what I wanted to talk about just briefly is, I mean, I think that's the move and I think it's easier to negotiate an extension right now. Um, and not right now as in like this week, but right now as in during the season, um, I think it's a lot easier to do that with a guy like JD Martinez than, I mean, Rafael Devers or even Xander Bogarts. Um, I think those are situations where you're waiting until the offseason. I mean, it's hard for, I mean, those guys are making, those guys are going to get massive contracts. Um, you're not, you're probably not negotiating that during the season. But JD Martinez, I think, is a guy, it's not going to be super, super long term because he's, um, I mean, he's 33, he'll be 34 by the end of the season. He's DH only. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think we both, agree that they should be talking extension and i don't i don't really want to get into the money because anybody who knows both brian and myself uh we're both gonna say it doesn't really matter and just pay him whatever it takes because you're john henry and you're worth a billion dollars and lebron james just owned um or more than a billion dollars uh, lebron james just uh, joined your ownership group but i am i think the years is often more interesting than the money on this uh, what kind of length are you looking at with this kind of extension? Not even not even necessarily a specific number of years, but even just like a range. I mean, it seems to me that thir- like age 38 is sort of where I would be okay with it ending. Um, yeah, so that would be like, what, four or five years? It's going to create an ostensible logjam at the corners, but those have a way of resolving themselves uh, pretty quickly, uh, even if you're just rotating one guy out every game. Not that it's like really a rotation at third base, but at first base it might turn into one. Um, Because I would imagine if J.D. Martinez plays the... I mean, I don't know if he's got any first base experience. He just strikes me as a guy who could do it. Um or could be asked to do it uh, because at some point he's just not going to be a viable left fielder. As you say, like he's DH only, um, but he's so good that I want him around no matter what. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think, I think there's going to be a lot of people that disagree with this um, just because of what you said with the log jam. And I think that's, I mean, honestly, I, that just, it just feels like roster baiting. Um, 
I mean, I like Bobby Dahlbeck. I love Tristan Casas. Um, but I'm not letting those guys get in the way of JD Martinez uh, potentially being here for a long time. Um, I don't know that I'm necessarily going five years, but I think you can do three years. And honestly, I think at a certain point, uh, probably not this contract, but I think if you do a three-year contract um, and things go reasonably well and the relationship stays strong, which I would expect it would, um, at a certain point when you're getting into his late 30s, um, I mean, Martinez will have been there for almost a decade at that point, and at that point I can see like the David Ortiz, Tim Wakefield style, one plus one, just rolling for however long you want to play. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, I suppose, I yes, I don't... I, I'm thinking, I guess, maybe, like, the longest with options I would look at is four yeah. years. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, but, again, I think... And I I think I think the stuff with Dahlbeck and Casas isn't an unfair point. It's just, worst-case scenario, you have too many good players. And, you tra- <laughs> and, and then you, you just trade them. Trade them. Yeah, you just I trade mean, them. You, just, you can figure it out. I mean, it's not... It's how they won the World Series. It's what good they, teams do. They just develop a lot of good players. And then, um, I mean, no team is going to be perfect. You're always going to have holes. But if you develop enough good players, um, there will be some overlap. And then you can just use them to fill the holes. So, um, And again, I mean, I think it's way too soon to be penciling in Bobby Dalbeck, um or Tristan Casas as a surefire long-term corner presence. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm penciling in Casas. You can't stop me. It's done. <laughs> It, it is done. I, I guess I he think, can pencil it in. I don't pen it in. He can, he can pencil it in. Okay, I'll yeah, I'll pencil it. Dahlbeck, your future, your future here. I, I'm less, I'm less certain about, sir. Um, so <laughs> because so, he's definitely listening to this. Yes. So please just just keep hitting home runs, and then we won't, nobody will have any problem. Now start start hitting home runs. Actually, he, he had, had a good two doubles. Day. He had a, yeah, yeah, two RBI doubles. Right. Yeah. Yeah, both the other way, too, which is very interesting. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to the deal. Listen to the deal on Spotify. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say: your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over a hundred social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today! At LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Um, but yeah, so I think um, I think the J.D. Martinez contract situation is one that I hadn't really been thinking about coming into the season. And it's one of the rare things that um, I've actually started to shift my thinking about, um, even after nine games 10 games whatever it's been um so that is that is something we'll be monitoring um yeah so i just had a few other things i wanted to talk about we have no real 
theme for this one. We're just kind of bouncing back and forth between some things that I have been thinking about. Um, one of which, which has been the batting order. Um, this has been something that I think everybody's had some opinions on. Um, our buddy Brady is kind of getting mad online about it um, pretty frequently. I um, told him that, and he's like, I only said two things. Whatever, Brady, yeah, you're mad. He's, he said some things. Uh, for whatever, whatever it's worth, I mean, we've already talked about um, our opinions on Hernandez leading off, um, so I don't think we really need to go into it again. Um, I do think I disagree, but I also think the batting orders don't really matter that much, and they're more fun to talk about than they actually have an impact. Um, but I am interested, I mean... Well, hold on. Hold, Hernan- on. hold on. I'm go just going to cut this, cut this off right at the beginning, because I saw this item. Let me just ask you a question. When a baseball team has won seven games in a row, do they typically feel good about changing around their fucking batting order? I'm not saying right now. That's that's the point. But I, at a certain point, you have to consider it, right? I mean, I'm no. talking in months. Well, but it's but it hasn't. It's it, it is not at all a representative sample. And it's right. just not. It's just not. It's just not. I know. Okay. Well, Brian, it is uh, April 13th. <laughs> we kind of struggle for things to talk about uh, this early. Here's here, here's my... Okay, but this this is something, like, unless they had gone 0 and 8 to start, which is certainly representative of a bad team. Um, I typically am, like, until uh, Patriots Day, I sort of just don't, like... I care, but I'm just like, I'm not reading too much into it as long as they're within a bound. And at their, the, good thing for them, they're at the very top of the bound right now. So I'm, no, I, that goes that goes for players as well. I think that's fair. And look, I mean, I wrote something um, today about Kike Hernandez, and he's been better than the results have shown. He's hitting the ball hard. Um, that doesn't count today. I don't recall him hitting anything hard today but also i don't think many people are hitting anything hard today because it was freezing um i just i i don't know i guess it's just something that people keep asking about (laughs) so that's why i put it in here um and it's also something that i wouldn't have done to start the season so i guess it's just something that um something that he i keep thinking about um because it just seems so strange I th- I mean I think maybe part of it is that not everyone is like they don't consider Xander JD or Devers like that okay they're out right because that's just not something they conceptualized I mean they obviously could do it and probably by the math should I think but, Bogarts would be an awesome leadoff hitter, but yeah, of course. I think would. you're right I that mean, they would not. I, I agree with you that that's not. The really conceptually, they consider. won't do it. They seem to have decided that Verdugo is the number two hitter when he plays, like almost exclusively. Uh, if not, like down at three, if somebody's out. But no, it seems like no, like two or three. But those guys are also like the the schedules of off days are staggered and i think that it's sort of an acknowledgement that kike among the players who might bat bat there 
is going to get the most playing time is sort of gets the first shot at it. And that um, it's just easier for them to operate that way for at least a little bit to give them the chance because they, you know, they like routines. They like having situations that work. And this works right now despite him. Um, so I think he might get a longer leash than the people who are asking you about it when they're on a seven-game winning streak um, care to. I, I think you're right. I, I actually I don't really see a scenario in which he gets taken out unless he's scuffling like all the way to the All-Star break. Um, I, oh, think I part can of see this... it happening in six weeks if he's like bad, if he's bad. Like the whole team is. Like, you can easily. I just don't in... see him being that bad. I guess is right. my point. Um, I, I mean, I think a lot of this comes down to um, different people have different philosophies on how they build a lineup. And for me, not that I've ever built a lineup, but if I were, I have on Out of the Park. Um, I know conventional wisdom and um, the book and stats um, say you put the best hitter in the two hole and you put the second best hitter in cleanup and then you kind of build from there. Um I kind of like the idea of putting the best hitter second and then the second best hitter first and then kind of going from there and just stacking everything at the top. Um, I don't think Cora agrees. I don't think many people agree with that. I don't. Um, it's not really something you see very often, but I was kind of, it seemed like the Red Sox had the kind of lineup that could have done it. So I guess I'm just a little bummed out. Um, but again, I mean, I think Kike Hernandez has been better than his numbers. Uh, Kike Hernandez is perhaps the easiest player on this team to root for. Um, he's just the best. Um, so hopefully, hopefully this is not something that we will keep talking about. Um, incredible! They are winning. Incredible! Him. Incredible content machine. He's just a. He's, he's a, just his engagement photos um, are probably a top five baseball player thing uh, among active players. Um, I look at them every once in a while. They make me laugh every single time. Now, you, okay, I'm going to say something, and this is going to sound me make me sound actually way older than I am, but pretty old. Um, when I was uh, in the stickball league I played in, um, in, in <laughs> what do you, Queens, did you grow up in Hey Arnold's neighborhood? <laughs> exactly, like it's, it sounds crazy, right? It's true though. Um, when as a pitcher, I always found it like it by far the worst is when that uh, the lineups were stacked. I mean, this is like Bill Simmons talking about playing basketball at the Y. Um, <laughs> But it, but it's about something much cooler, um, and uh, can't say I've ever played stickball. Oh god, it's the best. It's the only way you get to pitch without playing baseball, and like you can't play Wiffle fucking ball? baseball. Yeah, really though, it's not like really pitching. I had a cul-de-sac up the street from uh, from my house, and we uh, spray painted a diamond on there, and uh, played with wiffle ball bats and tennis balls. And that was pretty. Yep. Cool. Well, that's what we used in stickball, tennis balls. Okay. And yeah, and it's great. It's just, uh, I actually got to pitch. Anyhow, yeah, stack the lineup. I'm all for it and stack it as high as possible, but no one wants to do that. Like, that's. There's, I mean, there's valid reasons against it. You don't want to, especially if you're a lineup like the Red Sox, where you have sort of those four or five guys that you count on and then a bunch of wild cards. Um, you probably don't. You probably want to split it up a little bit. Um, as best as can at least so i sort of get it but at the same time it's i like the idea of just getting the pitcher's head right away um but like you said they've won seven games in a row so <laughs> i don't think they need my advice um 
I also wanted to talk about the bullpen, and obviously I wanted to start with Matt Barnes. Um, Matt Barnes has been out of this world this season. Um, as the Matt Barnes stan on the internet, um, I can even say he has absolutely blown me out of the water. Obviously, we're talking about six innings. Um, anything we talk about, their sample size things. We don't. Have, I guess I don't have to keep saying this, but I kind of feel like I do. But he is. I mean, just by the eye test, he is looking incredible. He is working faster than I can ever remember him working. Um, and he now has twelve strikeouts. He has faced nineteen batters. Um, he has gotten eighteen of them out. Nobody has gotten a hit off of him. Um, he's walked one. He's just been incredible. Um, and I just wanted to say that Matt Barnes, I always believed in you. And um, I'm assuming this is where you make some sort of comment about how he's going to be traded. No, I was going to make... Um, I wonder how Mauricio Dubon feels. I wonder if he's... <laughs> Mauricio oh, Dubon, please. He plays past my bedtime at this point. Very sorry, but I, I cannot watch him as much as I would like. I mean, I was thinking about, I was really thinking about this last night, how when he was traded, he preemptively, he tagged, he preemptively <laughs> tagged you on Twitter. Be like, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, oh, what, happened, what happened was I just I just tweeted, God damn it, oh. um, with no other oh, context, yes. and he knew what I was talking about. Um, <laughs> yeah, awesome. he, and he responded to me and said, thanks for always believing me. Um, but listen, that is, um, I am not a prospect guru by any stretch, but that is my biggest success story. And I will be writing that, um, till the day I die. Well, and now, and now, and now you have a ham and you're writing between that and the Matt Barnes express, which is going full steam. Well, the Matt Barnes thing has always just been crazy to me because he's always been good, but he has never been this good. Um, he is. Yeah, I, I, there's really nothing even more to say about him. He is, uh, I think one of the biggest concerns on this roster coming into the season was the ninth inning and sort of, do they have that relief ace? Um, we're not going to put a definitive yes on that after six innings, but, um, Matt Barnes, Matt Barnes, when he's good, is as good as, as good a strikeout pitcher, at least as any pitcher in baseball. Um, and that's what he's been so far. So, I mean, that, it's probably going to come crashing and burning at some point. Um, I am going to hear about it, but in the meantime, it's going to be it's going to be fantastic. Yeah, forget um, it. You're on the top of the mountain. Doesn't matter. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, who needs the rest to, of the who, needs, run, who needs to get okay. down from the mountain alive? It's not important. <laughs> it's like uh, there's uh, maybe three people would appreciate this. Uh, New girl, uh, which is one of the funniest shows ever. Uh, Nick is dating his boss and uh his friends tell him um that it's definitely going to end horribly and he says i know but the middle part is going to be so much fun and that is basically me watching matt barnes right now um, it will probably <laughs> end horribly but i am going to enjoy this part um, awesome. the rest of the bullpen i think has not been bad by any stretch again they have won seven in a row um, you really have to search for things to complain about uh, but I do think Adam Adovino has been a little concerning just in that there was some reason to be concerned coming into the year. Um, and he blew a save the other night. He did pitch again today. Um, 
was not perfect. He did issue a walk. Um, didn't miss any bats, but he was okay. I'm not really super concerned. I'm I'm as concerned about Adam Ottavino as I was before the season, which is probably like 30% concern, I guess. I had to put it in a percent. Um into a percentile. He's he's walking a lot of guys. It's kind of scaring me. Yeah. But it's early. Yeah, I mean that's, that's sort of the thing. Um I guess there have been a couple other guys that have impressed me before I take all the names. I don't know if there's anybody that stood out to you. Um I mean beside Garrett Whitlock is like the Yeah, Whitlock's the guy. He's Everybody loves him. Um, as well they should i mean especially the the thing about whitlock that just makes it so much sweeter is that they got him from the yankees um for nothing in the rule five draft i mean i think i think i would enjoy garrett whitlock under any circumstances but the fact that he is just shoving like this and that the yankees uh didn't get anything in return except for a hundred thousand dollars or whatever it is fifty thousand dollars, however much you have to pay for a real five pick, um, that makes it that much sweeter. Um, I do think Sawamura, his numbers aren't that great. He's not really striking guys out, but um, he that that dude has got some stuff. Um, he's got a ninety-five mile an hour splitter, which is insane. He doesn't really know where it's going. It's kind of disconcerting. The whole back of the bullpen i mean matt barnes's control has been awesome so far but we all know what he can do uh, a lot of vino's walk problems are out of control darwin's hernandez can't find the strike zone so it's not great that salamora also doesn't have great control but i mean his stuff is awesome and just seeing a splitter back in action i don't think i've ever seen a 95 mile an hour splitter um i don't really know how it's hittable but i think i think whitlock salamora are kind of the guys who can step up in that seventh inning role? Hopefully. Yeah, I mean, I mean, of course, he, he if if he's like this, great. I mean, this is I said at the beginning before the year, like, look, it's not twenty thirteen. It is way too early to say that, but there are some character similarities. <laughs> so I'm just saying that. Um, look out. It's uh, I mean, the thing that is the thing that has been uh, really nice to see are just some of the performances of the starters, uh, I think. Even That's if, definitely the highlight of the season so far. So, uh, I mean, that is that is precisely what happened in 2013, too. So, look, that's about as tall an order uh, as you can uh, reach in my estimation in terms of like the esteem. I mean, it was just out of fucking nowhere. Um, I've sworn a lot on this. I'm sorry. Um, but but it's just so great to see it even for a week. I mean, honestly, just even for a week and a half, the, the, all the pitching has been great to see. I mean, that's longer than we saw at any point last year. Um, and probably longer than we saw at any point in 2019, to be honest with you. Um, so last thing I want to talk about before we do some of questions and uh, finish this thing up is not specifically Red Sox related, but um, a couple of the rules um, that were here last year. But I think I think it's no secret that people weren't really paying attention as much to baseball last season as they are this year. So I think we're seeing some more 
heated opinions on things, and I think the extra inning rules are probably uh, the top of the list. I think everybody is kind of screaming about them over these first couple of weeks. And there are some people that like them, so I was curious if you were one of them. Do you despise them as much as everybody else? Where are you on the extra inning man on second? I'm taking the bold um, take of uh, I, I, I don't care. I mean, ultimately, I think I probably like them because the game's got to end. I mean, look, this is Major League Baseball has known this forever. The games need to take less time. They're not going to do it in the playoffs, I presume. No, um, no, they're not. Of course. So just like uh, what hockey overtime doesn't it have yeah, fewer people. Hockey is three and three and they do the shootout. Uh, neither of which happened in the playoffs. Is my understanding. They're just trying to end games. They're trying to. So go I guess home. I do. I I know that they do end more quickly. I guess I don't really understand how that works. Um, I don't really know that it has that much of an effect in that sense. But I also don't hate it as much as other people. Um, I think there is a weird excitement. Um, I get where people are coming from that it's a kind of a major change um, but I kind of don't mind the excitement I think if I was a, was put in a binary position where I had to say yes or no I would probably say no but I'm not like vehemently opposed I think in my ideal world and people would probably hate this even more than they hate the man on second is I would just have a tie after 12 innings um, I don't I think that solves all the problems, but then you get into a weird point system. I don't think that'll ever happen. But um, I think there are things that I like about the extra innings. It does take me a little bit to get used to. Um, I'm constantly like, how did that guy get on second? And then I have to remember that extra innings are there. Um, but yeah, I think, I think I'm closer to you than a lot of other people are. Um, yeah, and I mean, look, every time they change like, an interface on Twitter, there's like a week of people. Oh, people despise change, yeah, for sure. Right, people despise change. I I mean, I just think that, especially this early in the season, there's a forest for the trees issues. It's not that people don't want baseball right now. People want as much baseball right now as they can get, more or less. But it is April 13th when we're recording this. They got a lot of games to get through, <laughs> and they're trying to shorten the games. I'm not saying that it's going to, I mean, it probably, it seems like it's likely to do so because you're adding a runner in scoring position, but uh, the if they don't do it in the playoffs, I don't, it's, it's not like baseball doesn't have a representative sample size of innings, um, even if you're cutting these, like a couple innings, maybe at, off of these extra inning games, they, ha- they have to end. It's, uh, and people have uh, mentioned like, oh, well, this messes up the stats. Like, so did integration. I feel like that was good. It's just, it's, it's just, who cares? I, you gotta end the games. And I know people are going to disagree, but, um, I just don't, I've never seen the, like, I understand that 
um, in the playoffs needing to play it out. But when you're just sort of gassing bullpens, waiting That's for... That's the thing I think is the biggest point. Um, like just this, waiting for a pretty random outcome, just ratchet up the randomness a little bit baby no i think that's fair um i do kind of contradict myself on every point um with the except for loving that barnes Barnes. um i hate the seven inning double headers um i and it doesn't really make sense considering that i don't really care about the man on second but the seven inning double header to me that's the one that turns me into like the old man guarding his lawn yelling at the cloud um saying that it's not baseball i don't really know that i can articulate why i feel that way about the seven innings and not the man on second but i just do uh, i think part of it it just throws off my rhythm um it just baseball is nine innings to me i, I don't know i hate the seven inning double header um, way more than I hate the man on second, which I think I might be the only person that feels that way, but I really, it really, the seven inning doubleheader bothers me. Um, and I don't know why, but it really does. No, I agree with you. I hate it. Uh, really? No, 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 I hate it. It's too, I mean, it's not, it's the I know it's the theoretically the same concept, but, um, what you're doing with the extra inning rule is, um, trying to truncate baseball that uh, theoretically doesn't need to be there. Um, and I think that's, a, I think nine innings need to be there. And I, what I hate about it even more is like, fine, if you're going to play a seven inning game, that's fine. Do a nine inning and then a seven inning, just play as few seven inning games as you have to like, yeah, some games end up short because of rain. Fundamentally, are they different? Yes, but, because they weren't supposed to go nine, but they didn't. There have but been the team some... is in those scenarios. The teams are playing as if it's a nine inning game, right? And so that's um, why, like, if you absolutely have to have seven inning games, I would prefer a double hitter of nine followed by seven. Just if you have to, this is it bothers me for on a less vis, not on a less visceral level. I really hate it, but um. What I hate even more is how callous it is because it doesn't need to even be like this. Um, and it's like, oh, let's just do two games because they're both happening in the same day. You have enough time to play 16 innings. Um, it's, I don't know. I, I I mean, I do know. It's 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 wrong. It's like, oh, golf course. We're going to end the golf tournament at 15 holes. Um, and yeah, I don't even sense. like, and I don't even like golf. And that's uh, and it, and I know that like that's fucking stupid. Do nine or eight, 18, But there's no nine in this. No, they're trying to make the seven the nine. Now I sound like Monty Python. I'm done. I was surprised. I didn't think you were going to agree with me there, but um, I guess I guess I'm glad that you do. The um, rhythm right, of the let's... game is totally different. I like just totally different. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. And I saw people talking about it today. Um, with I mean, just seeing a closer come out in the seventh inning for a save, I don't know why that is, like, the straw that breaks the camel's back for me, but it is. Like, um, Matt Barnes, the best closer in baseball, should not be pitching in the seventh inning. I guess is my point. 
And the Red Sox are going to be playing two seven-inning games uh, today when you listen to this on Wednesday. Uh, all right. That's enough ranting about rules. Uh, let's just do a couple of these listener questions, and then uh, we'll be done. Um, Steven Lucas says, I know it's incredibly early, but how are you feeling about this team making the playoffs this year? Um, I'm going to tweak this question because I don't think it's very easy to articulate an answer to that kind of question. Um, so I will say the playoff odds at Fangraphs are 45%. That seems about right to me. Does that seem about right to you? Um, yeah. Yeah, I, think I mean, it, it's, if anything, I'd go a little bit higher, but... Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking, but I guess they they have the White Sox just ahead of them and the Angels uh, just ahead of them, and the Angels have the same record as the Red Sox right now. Yeah, I, uh... I guess, I mean, I think they're probably on that tier, so maybe a little bit higher and put them right around 50. Um, but I think that's roughly right. I mean, I can't say that I'm fully acquainted with the Angels beyond our Lord and Aceves, Mike Trout. Um, and Shohei Otani. I thought you were going with Otani. Oh, I'm not. I mean, that guy is the most, he's the coolest, that dude. But I'll believe it when I see it. The White Sox, I do, even though similar situation, though, uh, I, I, I fear the White Sox. I have I have fear of the White Sox. Um but yeah, I mean it's about right. Whatever. Yeah, I think I think hovering hovering around fifty percent, give or take maybe five points, um, is probably about right. Uh, and then the last question, Tom wants to know what date the Red Sox will win the World Series. Um, uh, assuming they never lose again, which they're not going to. Um in a nine-inning game. So if they lose the day you listen to this, it doesn't count. Um, all the nine-inning games, which include all the playoff games, they will win it on Saturday, October 23rd, because that is when game four is. Okay. Um, I'm going to say they're going to win on October 29th, 2024. This one there is awesome the World Series. All right, that is going to do it for this episode. Uh, thank you for listening. Um, if you liked us, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, give us a rating and a review. Uh, recommend us to your friends, family, strangers, whoever you feel like speaking to. Um, you can follow us on Twitter. I run the Over the Monster account at Over the Monster. Brian is at Brian Joiner. Brian with a Y, Joiner with an I. Uh, you can see all of our writing at overthemonster.com and added plug this week. Um, we have a new shirt. Um, our friends at Breaking Tea have put together a shirt commemorating the Red Sox uh, laundry cart celebration. So those are not on the site as we record this, but by the time you listen tomorrow morning at some point, they should be up there. So check those out. I am not afraid to say that I would like some of your money if you would like to spend it. Um, please spend it with me. Uh, other than that, we will see you next week.